0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's good news for Canada. It's good news for the sector. But it's good news for our workers because uh, when you talk about the energy transition uh, that we're seeing and seizing the moment in a a once-in-a-lifetime transition from the combustion engine to Uh, the electric um, vehicle, I think that with players like Volkswagen, we can say uh, mission accomplished. You know, today, Canada won big time.
1: Uh, That is uh, Federal Industry Minister Francois-Philippe Champagne, uh, the announcement, of course, about uh, the the Volkswagen investment into the uh, electric vehicle options. And, uh, you know, it's great news for the province of Ontario. It's great news for the country. Uh, They have made a huge commitment, both federal and provincial governments, especially here in Ontario, uh, to EV. And, and you know, it's 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 an exciting time. It's it's going to be a major shift for an awful lot of people. We understand that uh, because there's still, I get anyway, the sense of trepidation with a number of people. I mean, if you've been, you know, growing up using, you know, combustion engines all of your life. Uh it's it's gonna be a hard transition for you. I mind you, you know, I, I've also talked to a number of people on this program uh that are not just making these or just making the equipment, but have driven one for a couple of years on an EV. And uh they say that they're fabulous. There's there's you know some kinks to work out, but I mean there's kinks in in combustion engines as well. So that's the commitment. Now what we need to do is build them. Okay, that's the next step, and Volkswagen's made that commitment. Uh, a number of other automakers, uh, m- just about all the Detroit Three, have made heavy investments and heavy commitments to Ontario to, to get the auto industry geared into this direction. Okay, we, we that's good news. We want long term commitments from them. That's going to mean jobs. Uh, it's going to be a great economic boon to the province. So we're yeah we're on the right track. We're we're, we're humming here, aren't we? so to speak, with electric vehicles. Uh, the, then there's the raw material aspect of it. Well, we can we can do something about that too. Uh, an awful lot of the stuff that's needed for raw materials for the batteries for EVs, uh, we have. It's in the ground here right now, but it's we do have it. And uh, the Ford government has, of course, made a commitment that they want to do something about that and extract those, and that's going to make us a leader. Uh, and a lot of the folks that are going to be building EVs over the next little while will be looking to Ontario. Uh, to get those. And that's going to be another economic boon Love in this so far. There's a lot going on here, uh, which leads to the next question. You know, first of all, sales, uh, you know, we need to buy them. They're not inexpensive. Uh, and and that's something the government, I think, especially here in Ontario is going to have to look at uh, for anybody who's even attempted or looked into buying an EV. Uh, there is a federal government uh, subsidy that you can get uh, towards the purchase of of your charger for your home charger. Anyway, uh, and that's good news. That'll save you a few thousand bucks, and that's that's going to be a good motivation. Uh, but many other jurisdictions, many states south of the border and a number of the provinces here in Canada are also offering uh, incentives and rebates uh, to people to purchase the EV itself. Uh, the premier here in Ontario has not really embraced that idea. Matter of fact, he's pretty much spoken against it a number of times he's been asked. Uh, and I think that could be a problem because, let's face it, it's, it's a huge investment. It's a huge investment to buy a car anytime. Uh, but especially to move into this right now, and it's a one-time. And it, it, the, those who are doing it, it's a one-time uh, rebate for for the cu- the customers. And I think it's something we're still going to have to rethink, and the premier is going to have to rethink. But that leads to the next question, and maybe the most important one, but the one we don't seem to be spending a whole lot of time talking about, and that's the the pressure that everybody driving EVs or a lot of people driving EVs is going to put on our grid. You know, we, we're, we're in a rather precarious position here in the province of Ontario right now. We've had, uh, you know, those who can remember the, the bad old days when we used to get blackouts and brownouts, and, and, you know, especially in the summertime when people have got air conditions on, uh, it puts a real pressure on the grid. We seem to have gotten away from that. I know we're not burning coal anymore uh, to create le- electricity, and that's a good news story by all means. But there's other elements that have to come into play here. And, and what a number of people have brought to our attention And I think it's worthy of having a conversation about is how is the grid going to respond to this? If everybody's going to plug in and everybody's going to be looking to recharge, um, you know, that's, that's great from one standpoint, from an environmental standpoint, but do we have enough capacity? Uh, Because there's some discussion now, I mean, a a year ago, uh, the the provincial government especially was talking about shutting down a number of the nuclear plants here. Uh, I think, I think, now we don't know for sure, but I think they have rethought that process uh, because they they initially said, yeah, we're going to shut down a number of the plants, uh, Prickering being one of them. This is over a period of time uh, because they were too expensive. Now, I, I think they're looking at it and saying, well, you know what? Maybe the expense is worth it because we can't afford to lose capacity. If we're committed to EVs and and to that, you know, the, the idea that we want to increase uh, the number of EVs on the road right now, there's got to be an increase in the capacity in the system. Uh, And our next guest has talked about that over the last little while. I don't know that the government's paying much attention to it. Uh, He is Dr. Chris Kiefer, who is the president of Canadians for Nuclear Energy. Uh, Chris, a pleasure to have you back on the program.
0: Thanks for joining us today. It's great to be back, Bill. Thanks for having me on
1: did we ever have you had any indication at all that the feds are under and the provinces especially of course uh, are, are cognizant of the fact that that we can't just go with the status quo here that uh, you know that we're in a transition period right now uh, and, and I think many experts now are, are suggesting as you have that nuclear energy has to be part of the process here uh, because of the the
0: strain that this the, this move towards EVs is going to put on our grid well, listen, I mean, it's, it's not just the EVs. Um, the, the phrase that I keep returning to is that we're putting the cart before the horse. Um, there are things that are relatively easy. Um, and that would include things like installing charging stations for EVs, even the uh, factories. You know, Ontario is pretty good with the automotive industry. We know how to build cars. Um, yeah. Not easy, but, but certainly quite doable. Heat pumps, that kind of thing, right? Um, that is all uh, the cart. <laughs> But the horse, we gotta get the horse back in front of that court. And the horse are the is the power generation to be able to, to make this all work, to provide the electricity to the electric vehicles, for instance. Um, and that's what's been neglected. Um, you know, our demand forecasts weren't looking like we were going to need a lot more electricity up until the last two or three years. So in some ways, um, I can have some compassion for uh, for government, although I rarely do, um, that uh, this wasn't foreseen. Uh, but certainly, um, you know, times are changing. And I am encouraged to see, uh, for instance, the, you know, the enthusiasm behind the building of the new small modular reactor at Darlington, but also more recently, the government's um, really hinting that it's looking at doing new large nuclear um, so, you know, we built, um, you know, 60% of our electricity generation infrastructure in about 20 years um, between the 70s and the 90s. Uh, it's time for us to think about doing that again.
1: And governments are always hesitant to, to spend a lot of money on projects, mega projects like this. Uh, and, and, you know, a year or so ago, the minister was saying, well, we can't really at this time justify uh spending the kind of money it would take to to bring these these plants especially special pickering back up to speed uh but i'm getting the sense now chris that we we can't afford not to
0: well that's the thing but we're facing a real crunch um so i want you and your listeners to remember <laughs> the date 2026 so why is that relevant that's when pickering station is scheduled to come offline And, you know, it's going to come offline in in one way or another, even if we do refurbish it. It takes a few years to get those reactors brought back online the way we're doing it, Bruce and Darlington. 2026 is also the year in which a number of big manufacturing facilities are going to be coming online. Um, These are things like, uh, I mean, the Volkswagen deal, uh, Stellantis. These are the big electric arc furnaces um, with Algoma and and DeFasco. You know, some of these manufacturing centers will use the equivalent electricity of that small modular reactor at Darlington. And we're only building one of those right now is what we're looking at. And, and this is baseload electricity demand. These factories are running 24-7 around the clock. So this is not a uh, kind of facility that can run off of things like wind and solar, which frankly are unreliable and, and don't show up most of the year. Um, so, you know, I think this government is very keen on growing the economy, on attracting manufacturing back. Um, it's got a real sort of you know, building agenda, um, but it, it's it's coming to the realization that it's gonna itself get building. Uh, need to get building that electricity infrastructure in order to to power its visions around economic growth.
1: What is their vision for for the future and for generation at this stage? Uh, I I know what they don't like. Uh, You know, there's a great big pushback about the windmills and and wind turbines and, and as I say, some of the solar power uh, projects that the the, the McGiddy and and wind governments had had pretty much tied themselves to. But I'm not so sure that we understand what their plan B is.
0: Well, I mean, you're right. I think they very much came to power um, in, a, in a pretty extraordinary way. I mean, the Liberals had a majority and were decimated, lost party status down, I think, below uh, double digits in terms of their seat counts. Yeah. And that had a lot to do with um, the fallout from the Green Energy Act, which was an enormous increase um, in prices for the ratepayer. Um, You know, that experiment with wind and solar will cost us 60, that's six zero billion dollars To pay for those 20-year lucrative contracts, almost all of them, which went towards private wind and solar developers. They really made off like bandits. It's a scandal that I think has not been uh, talked about and has not addressed enough. Um, The Ontario taxpayer, um, you know, rates have gone down slightly. That's partially because these subsidies, which we're still paying to these private wind and solar developers, amount to $3.1 billion every year. That's just been shifted over to the tax base. So, you know, I'm sympathetic with the blowback that's occurred as result of that and again the power that's been provided has not been high value because it's not there when we need it frankly our hummers we're a summer peaking grid our summer heat waves uh are not matched by a lot of wind um and so not a great investment um but yeah what are our remaining options i mean it's illegal to burn coal in ontario and i'm very happy of that uh, nuclear yep. provided 90 percent of the electricity to wipe coal out off the grid it's really a choice between gas and nuclear now Um, and the longer we delay on building new nuclear, the more gas is going to fill in on the grid. Gas is a little quicker to build than nuclear. Um, it's a little bit more nimble. Um, and we're seeing that right now, the government's currently contracting for about four gigawatts of electricity and a bunch of that's going to be gas.
1: Uh, just about out of time, but, uh, which, by the way, is kind of the theme of the next question, the last question I wanted yes. to ask here, Chris. Uh, you mentioned 2026. At what point does the government have to make a commitment? That's when Pickering goes offline, but as to whether they're going to shut it down or refurbish it, at what point do they have to commit one way or
0: another to that? Well, there's a feasibility study that's ongoing right now. Um, it will be done this year, I think, before November, October, if I'm not mistaken. Um and I think um it's looking very 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 likely that the refurbishment is going to happen and for very pragmatic reasons uh you know tied again to this agenda of economic growth but luckily that also lines up very nicely with climate concerns and air quality concerns because you know that nuclear plant at Pickering uh, keeps the equivalent of eight million transatlantic flights of CO2 out of the air and you know the electricity systems operator says if it goes offline permanently it will be replaced by natural gas. So um, I think there's a very high likelihood of refurbishment, something we've been fighting for strongly, uh, but it's not enough. Uh, We need to build new large nuclear as well. Exactly. Well, we'll stay in touch on this. Chris, thanks for this today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. Bye for now.
1: Take care. Dr. Chris Keefer, president of Canadians for Nuclear Energy. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.